Yo Pots. Check out Meet Mitch and Leawood for award-winning barbecue, outstanding atmosphere, and your destination to watch all your favorite March Madness action. Tailgating for opening day? Place your order online and pick up on way to the game. Meet Mitch Barbecue, East 95th and Mission in Ranch Martin North Shopping Center. The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all-natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we're continuing right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you to Matt Derrick joining us here in the Zone in the previous hour, talking some uh, football, a lot of football so far in the show, we didn't even get to uh, some of the things that are going on around the league with some of the uh, technology that is being implemented, not necessarily for 2024, but um, the uh, the technology being uh, looked at and studied uh, to be able to more accurately place the ball where it goes instead of just a random guess and sort of just uh, in general. Uh, let's talk some uh, some Big 12 basketball. Ari Temkin is our guest, host of uh, Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM College, joining us here in the zone. Ari, what's up, man? How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? I am doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. I'm uh, looking forward to these uh, you know, final three games, this final push for a number of these teams as uh, we wrap up the season, get into conference tournament with some of the bigger five or six uh, conferences in, um, in, in college basketball. I, I want to start off with this as we look at the Big 12. Um, Houston has a one-game lead in the, uh, in the Big 12 standings. They also have the win against Iowa State. They have a loss against Iowa State, so you know they, they split with uh, with the Cyclones. Uh, they've got a couple of games left, Oklahoma, UCF, and then at home against Kansas. Um, I'm just curious from your standpoint, as you look at what this Houston Cougar team has done, how impressive to you has their transition to the Big 12 been? And, and is this somewhat what you expected they would be able to do in Kelvin Sampson and this team's first year through a, a Big 12 schedule? I'm not sure impressive is the word I'd use. I think as a KU alum, I'd use the word obnoxious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> KU obnoxious. Oh, somebody else is coming in and performing really That's well. Right. This is, <laughs> so, somebody forgot to tell Houston that this is our league. That That's we right. That's a good league. point. Here, here, Ari. Here, here. <laughs> this is, like, it's it's unbelievable what they've done. You know, I mean, because you did get the feeling they started off one and two in conference play. So there was this sense of like, oh yeah, welcome to the Big Twelve, Houston. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha! And you, know, you look up, and I mean, there's not even drama. You know, I know that like mathematically, it's still a possibility, but it's not. It, it's not. It's over. Houston's winning the conference, and you know, and it's not even. There's not even drama. I remember at the beginning of the year, it was like, how many losses could this conference champion have? It's going to be so competitive. And I mean, Houston, what they've done in transitioning. Um, you know, Calvin Sampson, you start to think about what could have been at Indiana yeah. um, and where they've been from a basketball standpoint. Uh, but it's certainly of the benefit of the Big 12 that, that Houston got into the Big 12 and that Calvin Sampson is there. And, you know, I mean, they lost an important piece in Terrence Arsenault at the beginning of the year for the season. And, you know, they, they are just so good defensively. Um, and, uh, you know, we had, we had a guest on that David Smoke from, from out in Waco, uh, Sikkim 365, he said, they're like fire ants. You know, they're everywhere, and they hurt your feet. Like, that's just what they do. It's just a bunch of fire ants out there. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, tomorrow, Kansas and Baylor play. And for the last decade, it seems like that's been yeah. the center 
yep. of the Big 12 universe, and it's not. <laughs> it's not. It, it's also sort of an indication to me of, and, and this is not a, a one-year, you know, from last year to this year that, that Kelvin Sampson has figured out. Houston's been pretty good for a while since uh, Kelvin Sampson has been there. But um, it, to me, it shows sort of that transition from uh, one conference that, that's a lower-level conference to a power conference in basketball versus football because um, we saw teams go from the Big 12 to the SEC. We're seeing teams go from the Big 10 uh, or the Pac-12 to the uh, to the Big 10 and the uh, Big 12 to the SEC, et cetera. And these are uh, schools that have played in bigger conferences, been a part of the arms races, had those uh, recruiting classes. But from a smaller conference up uh, in football, there's a much more of an expected growing pain uh, time frame and honeymoon period for that. In in college basketball, there doesn't necessarily need to be that if you've got some players that are true difference makers. And, and we can see, like, Gonzaga's been talked about whether or not, you know, they're going to jump up a conference. And it's like, okay, well, they would be a team that you would think would be viable. Um, Houston has shown that. BYU, uh, I mean, has has shown. I didn't expect BYU to be in the top six of the um, of the Big Twelve, and we'll see where they end up in these final three games. But I certainly didn't expect their first win in Lawrence to be in basketball in the, in the Big Twelve. I didn't think that no would be kidding. the case. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it it's a great point, you know. And so I think it's it, there's a, multiple reasons why. But I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, just look at, at what Houston, Cincinnati. You know BYU and, and UCF did in the Big Twelve this year. I mean UCF was the only bowl team, and that's you know that's a program that was used to like they, it was like the first time they'd ever lost back to back home games in the same season. You know in, in three decades. So I mean just the, like them going six and six was a remarkable failure for them, and everybody else finished at the bottom of the conference. With Baylor and UC, Baylor and BYU and, and Cincinnati and Houston at the bottom of the conference. So. You know, you, you start 22 players, you start five players, right? So the, that, the difference yeah. there is the depth over time and talent is so important. And, you know, Houston's, Houston has been a power, you know, the Americans are not a power five, obviously, but they've been a power six, power five program for, for multiple years now, going to the Final Four and, and you know, being a, a, as good as they were last year. But this is a better team this year. They had LJ Cryer from Baylor and, and um, and then you brought up BYU. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Cincinnati's probably out, you know, not probably needs to, you know, make do some real damage here in the um, mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve tournament to get a bid. But um, Cincinnati was a team that was in position potentially. I mean, that yeah, K State Cincinnati game is kind of a play-in game to a degree. I think for both teams, K State's probably in better position to get a bid. But you know, that's a big one tomorrow for for that. And uh, yeah, BYU and and the newcomers and the transfer portal plays such a huge role, obviously, in this. Because of that, you know, one guy can make such a difference. I mean, think about Nick Timberlake. He was the most sought-after player in the portal. UConn lost out on Nick Timberlake and ended up with Cam Spencer, who's averaging 15 points a game for them. Okay, you'd love to have that. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, Dalton Connect? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. And, and some of those things, you just simply, you know, you have an idea. Like Hunter Dickinson being out there, and it's like uh, Kansas or Kentucky. This could be the difference of a team winning a national championship or not, wherever he chooses to go. And obviously at the time, you know, didn't think McCuller would be injured the way that he is. And we'll get to that here in a second. Um, but, I mean, right. if Hunter Dickinson chose Kentucky, where would they be right now? Would they be the same team? Offensively, uh, they'd be pretty darn good. KU would be in a world of hurt. Uh, but it's a great point on, on Nick Timberlake because you bring in some tra- transfers. You're like, all right, this guy's going to be good. That guy's going to be good. But you don't know how they will mesh, how they'll look, um, how they'll play at that particular level. One of the other things with Houston, and you mentioned Kelvin Sampson, and I I, I compared a little bit to uh, to Bruce Pearl. 
And and both of the guys uh, I wanted, you know, Mizzou to hire because we're talking about like mistakes and 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 uh, NCAA sanctions and show cause for things that are not only acceptable now, but like would be laughed at if you said Kelvin Sampson got fired because he made too many calls to, to Eric Gordon. You know, he, he called and texted Eric. He, he turned into John Favreau on Swingers one night and, and couldn't stop calling him and leaving a message or whatever. You know, and he, and he got fired. So I actually, I actually brought this point up to Kelvin Sabsett at Big 12 Media Days this year. And uh, he, he didn't want to, really, he, he didn't, he's none too pleased to talk about it, to say the least. But bet. you're 100%, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, and that's like, it's crazy what Bruce Pearl did, what, what Kelvin Sabsett did. And now, in like the world today, we're, what was it they said, you know, Caleb Williams made how, like five million this yeah. time at USC or whatever? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> give Reggie Bush back his eyes, but <laughs> you're not wrong about that, man. Give him back his eyes. But Bruce Pearl, like hire go hire him. It's like, no, I don't know. He's got right. this show cause. Like, okay, he had Aaron Kraft at a barbecue. Um at a right. at, you know, he's right. grilling out right. in his backyard. Yes, he got in trouble for lying about it. That wasn't smart. because uh, the NCAA had pictures and and it's like, you know what, uh, just admit it and level two violation, right? Uh you lie and now you got fired. Like that that's not very smart. But like that look what he's done at Auburn. Like look what Kelvin Sampson's done at Houston. And so there's some programs out there that are like, Man, I wish we had Kelvin Sampson. Well you could have. Um, I would guess that if, like, you know, just for an example, Missouri or, you know, K-State with Bruce Weber or whatever at the time, and they are certainly happy with Jerome Tang, like, you know, hire a Kelvin Sampson or a Bruce Pearl, probably take that job over, you know, a Houston or maybe even an Auburn that is a football school. You're walking in there saying, well, all right, you're going to have to compete with football every single year. And unless you're going to Final Fours, which he did, unless you're going to things like that and, and uh, potentially winning a national championship, it's passing the time for them to get to spring football there. And instead, he's turned that place and packed it, and uh, uh, fans have turned out, and Auburn's a damn fine program now. And Houston is a team that can win a national championship uh, because they got the right coach in there. And Kelvin Sampson, when he showed up at Houston, they had the equivalent of a high school gym. So, I mean, they were fortunate to have Tillman Fertitta, you know, because you you need some money to build the facilities they were able to invest. So that helped, but it was, it was, it was just the perfect storm at the right time. And to your point, like Samson sort of had to take that, but he knew immediately, you know, I talked to Fran for about this all the time. Like immediately Kelvin Samson was like, this is not going to (laughs) work. This is a high school gym. And then he still won eight or 10 or 11 games that year, you know, basically with, with, the Division Two program at that point, and, and you know uh, what? In his first year, it's pretty I, crazy. I'll compare it a little bit to on the football side. You know, um, Lance Leipold got a contract extent, or got a pay raise, uh, got a contract raise uh, at uh, at KU. No extra years added or anything, but he gets a, a new contract. And you know, you mentioned Kelvin Sampson. It's like, well, this is a, a high school gym that we're playing, and this is not going to work. Uh, yeah. And, and we hear Lance Leipold say last year, I think maybe before the bowl game, and it was like, all right. When did it sort of hit you of like how tough the job's going to be? And he's like, you know, we took it late and all of that stuff. And he said, going to Iowa State in his first year, that was the, oh, my God, we have a lot of work to do. Because he said, this is our peer. These facilities at Iowa State compared to ours and Lord, these are the people we're competing against. We're screwed. Uh, if if this is what Iowa State's working with and what we're working with. Well, now they're tearing down the stadium, building new, putting in new facilities because of Lance Leipold, because he's good enough to demand that that happen, and Travis Goff's smart enough to know that there's an investment that has to take place. The same thing, you know, Houston and Kelvin Sampson, when you get a coach that's worth keeping, 
then maybe you follow in their footsteps of what they feel like it'll take to really compete at that high level. Um, and Kelvin Sampson getting there and going, well, I like the job, right? It's a nice place to live, but uh, this is not going to work in terms of getting the best players. And Lance Leipold going, our peer is Iowa State, and they are running circles around us right now, and that's what we're competing against to try to get athletes. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, look, how Travis Goff was able to, you know, figure out a way to invest in football in, an, in a way that KU has never, un, yeah. you know, unprecedented. I mean, not just in the salary and the investment in, in, in facilities, it's um, – it's unbelievable. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, Roy would have crushed him like a dove. You know, would allow him to fly, but Roy just crushed him like a dove. <laughs> so we know that. You're not getting a, a dad gum. You're not getting a dime of my basketball money. <laughs> You're not getting a dime of that. Uh, and by the way, it's a kudos to Bill Self. That's uh, that's okay with. Uh, yeah, all that money's going to football. Great. Let's do it. Let, let's kick ass. Yeah. You know. And. and- I, I'm think, I'm thinking it's more money and not DV, you know, and not moving money. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Bill yeah, yeah that's like, hey, Bill, sorry, we're going to take He's away right. from all the things that we're doing with uh, the upgrades there. We're going to stop that. We're going to pause that for now, and we're going to invest in Lance Heipold. Um Yeah, you're right. It probably wouldn't go over well. <laughs> it wouldn't be an easy conversation uh, to have. Uh, Ari Timken is our guest, a Sirius XM College host of uh, Big Twelve Radio. Uh, all right, so a big one tomorrow, KU and Baylor. We'll get into K-State here in a little bit, which I think is an incredibly crucial three-game stretch. But a big one tomorrow for KU heading to Baylor. Even if they had Kevin McCuller, I don't know that they win this game, but what are you seeing from this KU team? Uh, I mean, is it that without Kevin McCuller, then, hey, can you make a second weekend? Can other guys step up in the absence of McCuller and get this team playing some good, consistent basketball uh, before you know it's one-and-done time in a, in a couple weeks? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the short answer is no. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's their right. leading. He, he's their leading scorer, and he is, you know, when he when he hasn't been in years past, been the best defensive player, one of along with Dewan Harris, the two best defensive players on the team. So, like, that's crucial for their success. You know, if you remove Jamal Shedd from Houston, it's a different team. They're not going to be as good. They're not a championship caliber team, and so, you know, I think the degree to which McCullough can play effectively, like they're. You know, this, the dirty secret about sports is you get to this point in time and nobody's healthy. It's what percentage yeah. of one hundred 100% are you? You know, are you 40? Are you 30? Are you 50? Are you 60? You know, so whatever they can get on McCuller, and, and, and obviously Self has talked about, you know, the balance there between the rust and the rest, where you rest him too long, you give him the time off, maybe he gets healthier, but now what are you playing him back at a tournament game and can you get that back in a short period of time? And so when do you bring him back? And, you know, all that stuff is going on there. Um you know, it, it, it just plays into it. I, you know, I think it, at least Dewan Harris has started to play, uh, you know, better of late. And I, you know, I think he just hasn't been himself this year. And so when you when you looked at this team coming into the season, that starting five, it was like, man, that is so good. Yeah. And then you kind of figured we'll see when get off the bench. And um, you know, it's, there's there's some Murphy's law that's happened with this team this year, um, where whatever could go wrong will go wrong. Nick Timberlake, the Arterio Morris situation, obviously, which, mm-hmm. which, look, is partly KU's, you know, that, that wasn't, that's not, it, uh, totally not their responsibility there. There's definitely some onus on them as well there. So, but Morris and the Timberlake thing, now McCuller's injury, um, just so big. And, and, you know, look, the BYU game, I'm still just, it still was just such a poorly played game. I mean, BYU had hit 10 more threes than them. BYU hit 13 threes, KU hit three. The, the biggest thing, though, was the, the free throw shooting. They both uh, made the same amount of free throws, but 
Kansas shot 62%, and they shot 79%, you know, at, at Allen Fieldhouse. And you got Hunter Dickinson, who I love, you know, doing the celebration after hitting a three, but he's 6-15 of 15 from the foul line. You know, and, and so – can you tell I was frustrated for that game on Tuesday night? I, I but, can tell. <laughs> I think you echo a lot of so sentiments when, of, uh, of of the Jayhawk fans out there. So when when we look at this game tomorrow, what's funny about this is historically it's felt like this has been a split in the home and home. You know, like just within recent history, these teams seem to split. Well, they didn't have the home and home yeah. this year. And Baylor's playing really good basketball. And KU, I mean, coming off a really, really tough loss, arguably their worst loss of the year. And status of McCuller not not known. Maybe most, I, I don't know if he'll be available. I don't think he will be, but we'll see. Um, you know, hard to be optimistic. They're, they're a very good uh, offensive team. Jacoby Walter is one of the best freshmen in the country. He's living up to the five-star billing. Uh, they've got, you know, Langston Love. They just keep coming after you with Jalen Bridges. Uh, Jaden Nunn, like that, that's the thing is with them is if they've got guys that are on off nights, it doesn't matter because they've got other guys behind them that that can score. So, you know, that's the problem with Kansas overall is they're just not going to become a team that can suddenly become a high volume three point team. So when you get into a game with the BYU who had been a really good three point shooting team at home but not as good on the road, shot like at Allen Fieldhouse like they were at the Marriott Center in in, in Provo. <laughs> And, I mean, you just can't keep up. Like, when you're – Kansas can't keep up with that. So when teams can hit like that, that's that's what beats them. And that's – you know, I just don't think that they can become suddenly a team that can become a high-volume three-point shooting team. That You just can't keep up when you're trading threes for twos, obviously. And when they're not elite defensively around the perimeter, forget about it. Yeah, and they're not taking a lot of threes, and they don't have the high uh, percentage either of, of knocking down those threes. It's a tough combination in today's basketball. And Bill Self was pretty prophetic on Monday when he said, um, you know, if BYU hits 13 threes and we hit three, I mean, that's a 30-point difference in the game. And that's how, yeah. like, well, <laughs> a day later, like, hey, Bill, uh, yeah. BYU hit 13 and you hit three. So uh, can you tell me what tomorrow's game's going to be, Bill? If uh, can you, <laughs> I'd love to go to DraftKings if you have an idea of what you think is going to play out tomorrow. Is it a matter – do you think they just invest more in playing through Furphy? You know, and obviously Dickinson and, and those guys, but you know, Furphy has come on and he's been really good, and and they set up a couple of uh, plays for him against BYU. He, he didn't come through; he missed a couple of threes. It happens. KJ Adams missed a couple of shots. Dickinson missed a lot of free throws. It was a you know, it was a team effort. It's a team game, and it was an entire team working together to lose that one, right? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. But, but is it a an investment more of time and and um, and and trying to get more out of uh, out of Furphy to to make up for? which you can't make up for it, but to try to alleviate some of the sting of McCullough not being there. Yeah, there's no question. You know, the play of Furphy, where would they be without him? I mean, it's it's sometimes Bill Self gets lucky, it seems, with some of these guys where it's like, you know, end of the recruiting cycle, Sacramento State, like what? And now he's, you know, and then you're looking at him, you're like, how the heck was he not recruited higher? Look at his size, his head. Yeah. Like, what's, it's unbelievable. Uh, like, yeah, he should have been a five-star. He looks Every bit the piece. It's like, and, can he get you know, some, can he get some minutes on the on the floor? Oh, now he's a lottery pick in some mock drafts. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, what, right what happened? Right, yeah, what, what, yeah. What so, there? I, I just think, look, I think winning in the tournament is about dictating the style. Now, when you can play and win multiple styles, yeah. Well, now, now, now you can. Now, mm-hmm. now those are teams that can win titles. Kansas has to play a particular style. They're like, what's their ceiling on threes? You know, I just. We've, they've been this team all year. If Nick Timberlake suddenly starts hitting four or five threes a game, right? We could start raising. We could start raising the expectations. But like, what's their ceiling on threes? They can hit the game six, seven. Like, there are teams they can play in the tournament that can hit fifteen threes in a game. 
they're not going to be able to beat those teams unless they limit their ability to hit those three. So I think like their big, their biggest like the McCuller Dewan Harris defensive pairing in the perimeter that has been at times like the best, you know, the best perimeter defensive pairing in college basketball. If we see that in the tournament now, I think you've got you know you got a team that is not going to be as susceptible to losing games like that where you're going to be minus thirty from the three point line. Yeah. Uh, Ari Timkins, our guest, uh, Sirius XM College, Big 12 uh, Radio. Uh, let's talk about Kansas State. Uh, I think tomorrow is just so crucial for them heading to Cincinnati. Uh, and, and you can give more of a breakdown of what that game may be. But uh, it's they've got three games left, four games left, um, you, know, you know, minimum for this K-State team. And they have three quad one wins available. Um, you know, two of those on the road. They finish the season next Saturday against Iowa State at home, and then whoever they end up playing in the uh, in, in the Big Twelve tournament, they've got four games. Uh, and I wonder if you know, can they go three and two the rest of the way, meaning one and one in the Big Twelve tournament next uh, two weeks, and then two and one uh, these next three games. If they do, that puts them in line to be certainly in contention and among those teams that they can try to separate themselves from to uh, to go and uh, and make the NCAA tournament. But it really starts tomorrow at six o'clock in Cincinnati, right? Yeah, and that's you know this is the the psychology of the schedule because they have to win two of three to be in the conversation, you know, and and then I think they can't be one and done in the Big Twelve tournament, but they have mm-hmm. to win two of three. Um, they're not going to win three of three, and I, I'm not just saying that as an overconfident Kansas fan, but like Kansas is going to lose to Houston because they already beat them at home. Like these things happen, and Kansas is not going to lose now. Field Dusters losing to Bramlage them this season it's just not going to happen so again i'm not trying to be like these, these things happen in the home and homes so it's not an overconfidence it's just that's just how these things go uh iowa state and kansas used to split in the home and home all the time it's just uh, it's just how these go so they have to win two of three but tomorrow is the biggest game because if they don't win that it doesn't matter what happens in the next two and you know i i trust and have faith that jerome tang will have the team focused you know on the cincinnati game but look cincinnati's still a bubble team too and there it's at Cincinnati, and we know mm-hmm. how difficult road wins have been for everybody in the Big 12. And, you know, Kansas State right now, I think, is like from Joey Brackett's is, you know, first four out. Cincinnati, so Cincinnati's not really part of the discussion, but they're, they're on the bubble very much so, especially if they win this game and then, they have, you know, a couple more with the Big 12 tournament, what happens. They could still get in, I think. So this is very much a play in game for both of these teams. It'll be a really nice environment at Cincinnati. And, you know, look, we talked about the transfer portal and you look at two years of Jerome Tang at K-State and you look at a success story, you look at a very major question mark. And, you know, this team has a lot of talent. I don't know that they have a lot of leadership. And, look, I think the Naquan Tomlin thing obviously makes a difference, but I don't know that he fills this leadership void. It, it just feels like at it, it, crucial moments this team kind of collapses. You know, and, and then the whole – situation at Iowa State was so bizarre and then I think the team struggled as a result of that it was just a weird reaction to Jerome Tang's and his staff's reaction um, so it's been such a bizarre year and especially given our conversation earlier about the transfer portal you know and how I think how when you think K-State is very much at the center of that like they, you know Tyler Perry really good player is, is he I mean I'm not trying to get Monk compared to Mar- Marquise Noel but I think there's a lot of feeling this offseason like he was a safe player clearly he's not you know and that's Part of that is is taking gambles in the portal. You have to do that year in and year out. And KU and K State both seeing, you know, uh, both seeing that. You know, where it's just it's it can it goes both ways. And again, Timberlake, like everybody wanted Timberlake. UConn wanted Timberlake. Mm-hmm. If Timberlake goes to UConn, 
does Kansas end up with Cam Spencer as a 15-point scorer for them? You know, who knows? Yeah, the um, I mean the 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 exchange and, and Tomlin was supposed to be a big part of this. We we know that, and they've had to adjust since then. Kansas has uh, had McCuller injured; uh, they've had to adjust as well. K K State having to adjust, but the thought process was okay. Tomlin returns, and it's not going to be directly one to one, but. Can um, you know Noel turn into Tyler Perry? Can uh, uh, right, Keontae right. Johnson turn into uh, you know Kaluma? And so, and then you add in Tomlin. Okay, are you an Elite Eight team? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but are you a second weekend team? Can you compete in the Big Twelve? Yeah, absolutely. You got some scores. You got some players. You guys that have been around. Tyler Perry's you know going to come in and, and score at a high clip. Kaluma's a nice all around sort of glue guy that can have big games from time to time. And then you take Tomlin off that, and and I know that you know K State won't want me to compare them to Mizzou, and there is no comparing in terms of uh, how good the teams have been this year. But I think people look at it and 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 underestimated how good Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge were. And when those guys are gone yeah. and the transfers don't step yeah. up and play, you've got Noah Carter, Sean East, and um, and Nick Honor, who were nice role players that are now the alpha dogs on the team. Well, this is what happens when you take nice role players with two actual alphas that are NBA talent on the floor. You take the NBA talent away, you don't add to it, and you just ask the uh, the role players to step up and be alphas. It's it's difficult, and I think K-State is, has had to do that because Tomlin, an NBA player that was going to be on this team, is not on the team. Perry stepped up, and, and Kaluma have stepped up, but and that's why they're on the cusp of making a tournament, and Mizzou is nowhere near, is because you've got guys in transfers that have played really well while getting you know some Cam Carter, some other players to step up and, and, um, and, and take the next level, but still be nice role players from time to time. Yeah, great point. And, and Perry and Kaluma, I think, have, have done their part as much as they can. Uh, it's just when you're trying to build a team, you know, you, you, you plan on a guy like an NBA player like Tomlin to return. You're not trying to replace him in the uh, transfer portal. And if you didn't know he was going to be there, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jerome Tang might have replaced him with somebody else. There might be another player on K-State in the transfer portal if they knew all along that Tomlin wasn't going to. If Tomlin would have just entered the draft, right, uh, and, and, and called it a career at K-State and not returned, um, I'd wonder where K-State is right now through the uh, transfer portal. And if there was another player they could have grabbed, that's a great point. I, I mean, you're 100% correct. Uh, it's sort of crazy how much, how great it looked when Tomlin said he was going to come back. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know. Yeah, had, sucks. Had yeah. he not, had he gone to the NBA draft, he definitely would. I mean, there's there's no mind about it. He would have. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I love the way Jerome Tank thinks about roster construction, and 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 you know, I I think he's just an incredibly great coach. Um, so I agree with you completely yeah. there. Ari Temkin, our guest, uh, Sirius XM, Big 12 Radio. Uh, Ari, appreciate the time. Um, you know, when we have more time next time we talk, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, college football playoff and what seems to be the momentum to uh, 14 teams and how it affects the Big 12, et cetera. But I appreciate the conversation here with the Big 12 and these final three games in the stretch to the Big 12 tournament here in Kansas City. Ari, you're the man. Appreciate it, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Anytime. It's always fun to, to chop it up with you. Take care. Be Absolutely. Well. You too. Uh, there's Ari Timken. Great stuff from him. Uh, ESPN 1000 in Los Angeles and many other places as well. But uh, Sirius XM College, host of Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Um, if you're uh, out there looking for that, certainly appreciate Ari uh, joining us and uh, talking about Look, uh, I mean, basketball is certainly different than football. That's understandable. But it's still been impressive what Houston has been able to do to jump up levels of conference. And it's like, well, now you're going through a Big 12 season. Now you're going through the Big 12 conference season. And they started off one and two. And it was like, see, told you. This is what the big boys got to deal with, Houston. You're in the Big 12 now. 
It's the Big 12. It's Power 6 basketball. It's not intramurials. It's not Conference USA. They're like, oh, okay, one and two. Cool. <laughs> They've lost one game since then, man. Uh, it's been pretty impressive. Kelvin Sampson, he is, turns out, pretty good coach. Pretty good coach. And um, calling Eric Gordon and texting him a little too often cost him the job at Indiana. Just uh, like the massive amount of sanctions that they got that Tom Crean had to try to dig them out of <laughs> because Kelvin Sampson texted and called a little too, too, a little too much. I mean, how many of those can we go back in time and Dude. and pick through with NIL being legal now? I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Is it legal to host a kid at a, at a cookout? You know, is Bruce Pearl still in trouble I for that with Aaron Kraft? Apparently, remember <laughs> Jim Harbaugh? You know, it's a great point. Yes, uh, is Aaron Kraft uh, verbally uh, fine to, to be there? I don't know, but just like the absurdity of some of the sanctions that were there with uh, some high level coaches that end up getting fired. From a place, and it's like, really? That's that's why you got fired? And then they show up somewhere else, and turns out pretty darn good. And uh, Kelvin Sampson, you know, could have a Final Four, could be in Phoenix this year. And Bruce Pearl's already got a Final Four at uh, at Auburn, so he's already taken care of that. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, continue rolling more zone next. Hanging out here on a uh, Friday edition of the zone, heading into the weekend, where it should be nice this weekend. And then cold again. And then nice. Well, I mean, cold, quotations. Yeah, but you like the cold, though. Next week. You like the cold, though. Wait, you really don't listen to that ever. <laughs> and you love, you know what you love? I know this about, uh, if there's one thing I know about Mick Schaefer is that, yeah. one, uh, when he goes down, his knee does not hit the ground, if there's one thing I know about him. Also, um, he will love just sitting out in the cold eating fish. Just seafood in the cold is seafood one of his dream things. Seafood in the cold won't go down. Around uh, his family. The... Uh, was he talking um, NFL rules or college rules? <laughs> like that. His knee didn't touch the ground. Well, was he touched? <laughs> <laughs> Who's he playing for? Marty. I guess you're probably a NFL, but yeah, a, if, it, if he, he can get back up. You know, is he, is he a if he's really a chiefs he'll know that rule. Right. He's, he's not a, touched. I mean, he's addicted to it. You he know? is. He's, he's, got a, he's got a disease for the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, he's got to feel the need, the need for speed or sneed. The lone wolf. <laughs> He a lone wolf, Robert was. Banks. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I guess he was. He wasn't really a wolf at that time, but no. uh, you know, but uh, you know. that that was the uh, for a minute there. I really thought he was robbing those banks <laughs> in that same wolf mask because they had that that somebody had somebody in a similar mask. Yes, and then that picture was going around. My like, God, I really wanted that to be true. That's the one thing about this that I I wish were true. I wish were an added element is that he was doing it in the. Chiefsaholic wolf yeah. entire head to toe costume. That, that it, if that happened, then life would be better. And it was total point break style, and he got back in the car, and the four other guys are like Chiefs super fans as well. They got the <laughs> arrow wolves in there, Arrow Man, and Arrow. <laughs> you know, X Factor is uh, is absolutely uh, um, uh, in that somewhere. He's been uh, so. Uh, I feel like I can speak with some authority here. Good. We're very close Good. to the Chiefs super fans. Amadeus, Amadeus. We have done Amadeus multiple commercials with the Chiefs super fans, including back before when we didn't know Chiefsaholic was robbing banks and he was the star. We made sure we edited those out, and so I know a lot of them. <laughs> That's so great. Oh yeah, I got pictures of my phone with him. Um, Good for you. And. Uh, a lot of them, they're great people. They're so so many of them are, are great people, and um, he's not one of them. But yeah, the, I think uh, 
uh, X Factor's been ostracized yeah, from that group. So. How many but people? Puppet got Lady there? and the, both Andy yeah. Reid's. Right. One of them, Andy Reid's, sings opera and is no uncanny uh, in his appearance to Andy. I mean, height, wow. weight, mustache. He's uncanny. He's to his appearance to Andy. Yeah, uncanny. Okay. That's the word. Um, did anybody get the Amadeus reference? Uh, I did not. The, you didn't get it? The, remember the, the video that uh, when he was at the parking lot and he had his uh, pants down and the cops uh, had who, him get out? X Factor. Oh, okay. And in the background, oh, yes. Amadeus, Amadeus. Now I know. Amadeus, Amadeus, yeah, I know. Amadeus. He was a rocket yes. Amadeus. <laughs> oh, 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 Amadeus. Something to the tune of I've never been handcuffed by such a pretty woman. You know what? Not appropriate. That's inappropriate. Uh, that's uh, inappropriate. You have any weapons on you? Yep. Yep. You can say you can say you just said that you can say it. I mean, if I'm not supposed to, then Drake will come down well, and yell mom, at Dylan. Mom, Josh isn't here anymore. That's a good point. To be your governor. Hi, Josh's mom. Hello. She the arbiter of what we can and can't say. Do I have to go through her yeah. whenever I'm, I'm bringing up different things? You know, I mean, come on, man. Uh, 913-912-4810. Yeah, the weather is going to get really, really nice this weekend. Yeah, well, I was um, thinking about that. So, But uh, but windy, because... Josh said, I don't oh, know God, if you did, cares? Josh said his uh, his range for weather is 40 to 70. So I'm like, when it's 76 on Saturday, you're, it's, it's, it's going to be too hot for you, Josh? Don't worry, because there'll be a, a 50-mile-an-hour wind. Because in yeah, February... you can't have everything. In February, right. it's either really cold or it's nice, but really windy. Yeah. You know, if and it's going to be, be nice. March, then, too. The same deal goes. Well, like end of February, mm. early March, they sort of blend together. I mean, it really should be March 2nd if we're being serious about this. I mean, somebody decided that every four years we should just add a day. No, it should you know? be February 30th, okay? <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it, yeah. I mean... What's the what's the math on it? You can, you can basically have every month except for one have the same number of days. I don't know why we did this with February and we're messing around. Yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Royals put out their game notes yesterday. Uh, did you see the Royals game notes about the leap year? No. Felipe says, uh, today's February 29th, a once-in-every-four-years event that occurs to help offset the Earth's full rotation, or full revolution, which is actually 365.242190 days. According to the National Air and Space Museum, Julius Caesar is often credited for originating leap days, through, though he got the idea from the Egyptians, and the Julian calendar began on January 1st in 45 BCE. Approximately 5 million living people were born on February 29th, including former royal Terrence Long, who turns 48 today. Well, that wouldn't be true. He wouldn't turn 48. Only five I mean, okay. uh, former royal Steve Minjori Mingu- uh, was born on this date in 1994 in Kansas City, but passed away in 2008 at the age of uh, 64. Um, I don't think he was born on this date in 1994 if he passed away in 2008 at the age of 64. So, uh, either way, um, the uh, Royals have won each of the last two games played oh, on nice. February 29th. Um, yeah, because Jordan Lyles training. goes to the mound. <laughs> he pitched great. I don't know. Have the Royals starters given up a run yet? Do the Royals starters have like uh, combined for like 17 Ks and two walks? Yeah, and pretty good. They're only going two I, innings at a time. I mean, but I'll tell you what. Sign me up. Central Division champions. American least. League champions. At least. Major League champions. <laughs> at least. I, mean, I don't on. think it'd be on the sport at this point. If but Jordan Lyles is going to go two innings and not give up a run, you might as well lock them three, up for the American League. 366 days divided by 12 is 30 and a half on the dot. So you could do in 30, leap 31, years. 30, 31. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. And then six, just, six months just, of 30, one six of months. them doesn't have it in the 365 day years. Yeah, that's fine. But I just, I don't, I don't, uh, whatever. 
Uh, but yeah, so the Royals. Uh, you, you're the, still on the Royals. I'm still on the dates. Um, <laughs> I just love that the Royals in their game notes decided to include Julius I, Caesar. Listen, I love I love game notes. <laughs> and the Julian calendar. Yeah. I, I so tell great. the uh, SIDs and the PR people all the time, I'm, I'm not the one person that reads your game notes. You're I love one little, person. little factoids. <laughs> There's two of us. Yeah, you're not the one person. You and I often uh, text some uh, game note stuff. Yeah, that, <laughs> that might not be correct. <laughs> just, we have more fun with it than maybe yeah. uh, some people would have. But uh, yeah, uh, reading of the game notes. Uh, started doing that back when there before there was like internet where you could go and look up something immediately. Like, we oh, used to get no, them no, no, uh, no, faxed to us. We would get them in the mail sometimes. Uh, yeah, and remember when there was a hard copy of like a a, a media guide? Like I you can actually just media hold guides. the media guide in we, your hand. We have this guy who works the desk for us, which is. At a TV station, whoever works the desk is listening to uh, the scanners, is kind of coordinating, okay, what photographer's going where. you got the keys to this car. This is a reporter. It's the hub of a TV station. His name's uh, Steve Cott, and uh, we call him Killer. Oh, and, man, what a great nickname. Uh, is, he is, we'll tell you, he's the older than dirt. He'll tell you that, and he loves media guides. So, like, every year at the Big 12 Media Days, I will go, and there's still a lot of schools that will bring them. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. I will stock. But it doesn't matter if it's Texas Tech, West Virginia. Doesn't matter the sport. He will take it home and don't read it that night. He Good loves him, media man. guys, and I'm like that. I'm like killer. I am, I am older than dirt with you because you I often I'm, call him killer. Is nobody calls you, him his first name. What's his first name? Steve. He's killer. Does he know his name is Steve? Not anymore. I mean, he's been called killer since like elementary school. It wasn't even probably called elementary school back then. I had a fraternity brother whose um, nickname is the only thing we ever called. He was younger, so I didn't have to get to know him. You know, <laughs> Come yeah. on, I'm the only guy in the fraternity. And it's Come funny. On. He's the one that tells everybody basically when there's a shooting. So oh. killer might uh, fit it's, in well there. That's yeah. unfortunate. Um, but uh, we, we showed up to a party one time, and he was behind me, and somebody was like, Jeff! I'm like, who is Jeff? <laughs> oh, your real name's Jeff? Oh. What would you call that? him? How about that? What was his name? I don't want to tell you the nickname. <laughs> Will you tell me during the break? I'll tell you on the air. <laughs> it's worse than Pecker, apparently, because you said that on radio. <laughs> Whoa, you're not supposed to say that. Drake already came down and slapped Dylan across the face. The host can say it, but the guest cannot. Yes. I mean, that's the I rules. I another slap. <laughs> Still speaking of that. Um, all right, we will take a time out. We'll come back, and uh, we got cuts coming up at the end of the show. Not at the end of this hour, but at the end yeah, of the show. I get psyched out on Fridays. You do, don't you? Because you're in here. Jer- Josh's chair is a great ottoman. That's right. Yeah, you get look, uh, look at my look at those shoes. shoes look, they are they are talking to us right it. now. <laughs> Hello, shoe. I had a Hello, Jason. I had a late night with myself last night playing Golden Tea. Golden Tea. That's what I was playing. Sure. All right, hanging out right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Mick Schaefer hanging out with us. Presented by Empower Payments. Why settle for ordinary merchant services when you can give to charity with every transaction with Empower Payments? Visit EmpowerPayments.com today. You missed Josh to be able to play some uh, air band with him while I'm doing some of the reads. He, he was, he was my uh, air drum partner. Absolutely. I was the roadie for the band. You were. You were the big fan. Dylan was the groupie. Yep. Sound tech. But well, that's fine if that's what if that's the way you want to want to go with it. That's that's perfectly fine. You know, he brought the booze. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dylan, the other stuff. Dylan boozing it up constantly, just uh, boozing on a daily basis. Is uh, is Dylan? I don't think that's true though. 
I don't think he's boozing on a daily basis. He's not okay. Good. No, I don't. I don't think he is. By the way, a little news out of the combine: uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, uh, yep. projected first round draft pick from uh, Alabama as a cornerback. He was a Jeopardy answer yesterday. Really? Yes. Jeopardy question. Not I like guess. Jeopardy at the McShafer household. No, the real Jeopardy. Kool Aid McKinstry was. Yep. Did yep. anybody they, they, get that right? Yes, somebody got it right. They said his real first name, and they had like some sort of punch theme in there. And uh, he he actually he goes by this um, flavored drink name or whatever. Wow, cool idea. Yeah. He uh, apparently has a Liz Franck injury um, and may have to have surgery on his foot. Um, so uh, it's a wild name for an injury. Every yes. time I hear it, it's, yes, is a Liz Frank. I was Liz Frank. Liz Frank. <laughs> you Americans butcher the French accent all the time. It's Nesle Toulouse. Okay, <laughs> Nesle Toulouse. Okay, that's the name, Nesley Tollhouse, whatever. Uh, but Kool-Aid McKinstry has a foot injury that um, he has said and his representatives have said that he will be ready for training camp, which it wouldn't be smart to know say he, he won't be. Was it during the season, did the training? Don't know. Or, I just yeah. saw that um, news coming down, a projected first-round draft pick cornerback uh, having a foot injury is not great for mm-hmm. a cornerback. Maybe he's there at 32. <laughs> Trey Legereus need draft Kool-Aid. You know, yeah. There you go. Now you've just exchanged that one, and now uh, go grab somebody else. Kool-Aid wouldn't be there at number 32. Maybe we, he would. I don't know. I think you were around when we had this conversation uh, talking to people in the know that the combine might go Yeah, it was Matt Derrick. Ma- yeah, we were Matt. talking to Matt Derrick yeah. last, uh, last Friday, and he talked about it. Um, you know, I, I sent him... When the news came down that Marvin Harrison was just skipping the combine yeah. altogether, I immediately sent him that story, and he's like, yeah, I mean, this is... Although Marvin Harrison did show up to get measured, and then left without meeting with teams. <laughs> so, apparently he doesn't want to talk to any team. Or he's, he's just... I mean, he's got his... He basically knows his wheelhouse. It's pretty, pretty well, small, you, and you, he's probably met with some yeah. already, and... Probably has his own pro day. Plus, I mean, if he wants different teams' game plans, he could just go talk to McCole Hardman. He doesn't have to talk to the teams. He can figure out a lot of things about yes. uh, with with them. You know, it, it's uh, no tampering mm-hmm. with with that. Uh, but no, uh, he shows up, gets measured, and then leaves. I don't even think he told people. <laughs> he was, just, was it, and was it just like his a, height? He got measured and anything else? No, what, I think he got like weight? hand measure. Um, got weight? Didn't lift everything. or anything? Or, no, or, he didn't do. Did any he take of the, the uh, awkward Tom Brady photo in his underwear? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, did you see? By the way, did you see Tom Brady the um, the the video that came out uh, uh, last night? Tom Brady at forty years old running the forty, synced up with his um, combine. Was he faster? He's faster. Yeah. Faster at 40 years old, Tom Brady, yeah. with today's technology yeah, and, and all of it. Sleek it. Great. He's also watching the Dynasty documentary. I didn't remember how much baby fat Tom oh, Brady had Oh, he carried it face. for a while. And then right. uh, TV Then he 12. turned into, oh, wait, he's dating Giselle. And Giselle's like, yeah, you're going to have to get that uh, <laughs> get that worked out. You're going to have to slim that face down a little bit. Uh, I need more of that butt chin. Yeah, chisel that butt chin. Yeah. I think that's why he's faster. He's more aerodynamic. Exactly. Like the yeah. face changes. I mean, you could even see, like, although he was wearing baggier clothes back then, yeah. he wasn't wearing the skin-tight uh, shorts that Chris Jones decided yep. he was going to wear, unfortunately, or fortunately for him, who knows? Um, you know, <laughs> fortunately so, for some. So he had Brady may not have that problem anyway. So I, I have no idea. Uh, but like watching the dynasty, it's like, man, he was he, he was so fat at like uh, 195 pounds. Look how fat that guy's face is. Like, no, no, he was actually just in uh, uh, fine shape. <laughs> he was he was an NFL quarterback. It's just now he's TB12 chiseled. Face. I, I feel like model looking. And there's a little bit. I've watched the first two episodes. A little bit of revisionist history there on just how great uh, Drew uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe was. 
I don't remember it just being appalled and just aghast that, oh, my gosh, he lost his job. I'm like, okay, yeah. He's lost. He wasn't this mm-hmm. savior, I feel like, they they made him out to be. Now, maybe that was the sentiment in town, but I never uh, I never had that impression of him. Uh, I am good, on good a, quarterback? Yeah, I'm on episode four now, and episode four is the Spygate. They cover... They spend a lot of time on one, and, and then they, yeah. they're getting through everything, right? 20 years in those oh, episodes. You've seen it? You've seen the, You've seen the, the first, first two. two. That's oh, it. My I'm son's seen it all, and he said, yeah, they uh, they scoot through episode a period three. of time um, Episode three skips through like three yeah. years of yeah. like, oh, you won. Too. Like yes. all the fun like, that right. they had. Hey, you just won your second Super Bowl in three years. Oh, hey, you just won three out of four. Now you're a dynasty. And um, the line from Scott Pioli. The, the positive stuff doesn't make for good documentaries. No, they, I don't they, want to know the positive yeah, stuff. They, I want they, to know the Spygate. I want to, yes. I'm going to get to the Aaron Hernandez, which well, is, that comes out comes today. Out today. It's actually well, on there today. Um, Florida skipped over that on their doc. Yeah, they did. The Swamp Swamp Kings. Yes. Yeah. That was all positive stuff. It was stuff. somebody that was uh, fully engulfed well, in the well, swamp. They're, yeah, they're, they're, um, their hurdle they had to get over. We really should have won three out of four or whatever instead of two out of four. <laughs> Okay, Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, the 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 Swamp Kings, Florida, made it out to be that. Um, That's that my Urban, one regret. I didn't win a third. Okay, shut Urban up. Meyer didn't do enough. That's Urban's Aaron. one regret. Didn't do enough yeah. for Aaron for Aaron Hernandez. Tim Tebow. He he came to me one night and he said, "What else could we have done?" <laughs> and Tim said, "Nothing. You've tried everything you could possibly do." His uh, so one regret is, "I wish I would have done more for Aaron Hernandez." <laughs> oh, you mean like turned him in? No, you don't wish. <laughs> you don't wish you would have done more. I am fascinated by what the uh, Patriots are going to uh, – this document is going to have on, on Aaron Hernandez. But Scott Pioli had a line in um, the third one, the one you're getting ready to watch whenever you sit down to watch it. It's funny. You don't have to. Double um, golden tea. Um, my, <laughs> me time. <laughs> that's right. Um, he had said, um, you know, well, they had won two. And then they're like, hey, you know. Um, uh, Before, we, friend, they didn't make the playoffs that second yeah, year. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs <laughs> that second year. But Teddy Bruschi was like, you know, we were up at the podium after winning our second in three years. And he was like, and I can't remember who said it to him. It was like, hey, man, you know, if we win one next year, we're a dynasty. And yeah. he's like, that's the first time somebody had mentioned dynasty. But Scott Pioli um, had a line that I thought, you know, relates to the Chiefs. And he said, um, once they started rolling, once that second Super Bowl happened, the addiction kicked in. Like the addiction to winning, the addiction to success, that that's all you think about Mm -hmm. constantly 24-7 is all you are. You're driven by it. You get up earlier in the morning. You stay later. It's the addiction to winning that once you start to feel it, it's even more than wanting to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, you know, the downside was that winning was just like a relief. Losing was disaster yeah. and depression. Winning was a relief. And it sort of showed Brady up there on the on the podium after winning the third and was like, oh, yeah. it was pretty cool. You know, that's kind of like I'm just the, 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 the matter of fact conversations that uh, that Mahomes yeah. was having on with his kids and Chris, Chris Jones and Travis. Cousin. Hey, nobody's won third. We should go we try to win three in a row. Three. Just like instead of like you could tell just yeah. the the sheer thrill and joy yeah. and awe of of winning that first one that wasn't there for for number three right yeah yeah and and just the the thought of the addiction yeah like you're addicted to the feeling and you will do in is you will do anything to try to keep that feeling to get that feeling back but if you've never felt it you don't know 
You don't know. It's why some people get addicted to other stuff. Other stuff. And some people that have never tried it is like, well, how can you be addicted to that? Won't you just stop? It's brain power. You know, mind over matter. You know, oh, you're you're overweight. Just stop eating. Oh, you're depressed. Why don't you just go work out? You know, (laughs) you know, the dumb people out there that have no idea what it's like to be other people. Um, You know, it's like, yeah, that that would make sense. I don't know what it's like to actually sit up there on a podium and your whole life's work. You finally won a Super Bowl. They do. And they know what it's like to win three out of five, and they know what it's like to win back to back, and and I don't know. It just it, it got me more excited and pumped for this group of players of like addicted to that feeling, no matter no matter what it takes to get that feeling again. And when you got Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid and a number of other guys on the team, that you know they're in good hands for the next couple of years. Yeah, I would say so. To hopefully win, can they win four Super Bowls in the next two years? Is there a word beyond dynasty that we can come up with when the dynasty? That dynasty year, they were they're going to be dynasty year than than the um, finest Patriots. Dynasty. I didn't know the dynasty. The TV series was set in Denver. I watched it growing up. I, I don't think I realized that or forgot it or whatever. Denver. I never watched those. Uh, they should never have a dynasty TV shows. Never did dynasty. No, I didn't, I didn't watch Falcon any of the, Crest the shows. Yeah, stuff the, like Dallas. Dallas. Where was Dallas set? It was in Phoenix, right? I think so. Phoenix was born in Detroit. I think so. Why'd this happen, Forrest? You got shot, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> what a line, by the way. I never thought I would laugh at that line in my life, but uh, that's that's apparently the spot. Another matter-of-fact conversation. That's exactly right. Why'd this happen, Forrest? You got shot, Bubba. He, he got a. Di- Forrest was addicted to doing great things. The shrimp mainly.